Jerry. Okay, good morning. Um, can y'all hear me or do I need this? I need this. Is it okay, Grace? Okay. I'm going to start out by telling a funny story about one of all four of my children, but I'm going to start out with one. That's to ease my nerves. So y'all laugh, and that will make me ease my nerves. Okay. Um, we have four children, uh, two girls and two boys. Our oldest daughter is named Janine. She was presently, now she's presently 39 years old, which I can't believe I have a daughter 39. Um, but when she was 11 years old, during the long, hard days of summer, my niece would come to visit us and stay a while. Well, at the time, um, my niece was 10 years old, so we have a 10-year-old and 11-year-old. And the girls got this crazy idea that they wanted to go to the mall and spend the whole day at the mall. So I did what any normal mother would do and say, absolutely not. You're not going to the mall. So they proceeded to plead and beg just what any 11 and 10-year-old girl would do, just aggravate me for almost the entire day that they wanted to go to the mall. And I persistently said no. So all of a sudden, it calmed down, and they went in their room, and they shut the door, and they were in the room for probably 20 minutes. So the two girls come out, and they're holding this big sign, and they were hanging it on the door. And the sign read, this is the mad and depressed room. <laughs> Only enter if you are mad and depressed. <laughs> That's hilarious, I think. Okay. So what I'm going to do is um, I have four children, so I have four stories. That's just the first one. Um, I have three sections to what I'm going to say. So after each section, I'll throw in some humor and tell you another funny story about one of my other children. Okay, so this section is called Mothering. <clears throat> Words can't describe the feelings you felt when you first discovered you were going to have a baby. Then the moment came when you felt those first little flutters inside of you. Do y'all remember those? Some, sometimes they were very weird. My, my belly took on different shapes and Sometimes it was just um, plain wonderful, just absolutely wonderful. So for the next nine months, you shared your body with this little baby. Your life began to change. A new season was entering your life. Your body took on a new shape. Your appetite was all over the place, and your mood was different every day. Our poor husbands didn't know who they were going to come home to. <laughs> Yes, those nine months was the beginning of a life-changing adventure. From the time, then the time came for the delivery, which also brought on new fears. How in the world is this baby going to be delivered through that tiny little area? <laughs> um, excitement and anxiousness just to get it over with, right? Then the chapter ended and a new chapter began the chapter called Motherhood, which begins the moment when you first held that newborn baby in your arms, the first smell of your baby, the first kiss, the first time you said, you, I love you. 
I know for me, I was overwhelmed that a human being was inside of me. I, that, I was, that was an overwhelming thought for me. Um, and also, I was excited to see what she would look like, what type of personality she would be. Um, at, the, at that moment, the wonder of the Lord to create such a beautiful baby was just consuming me. For all four of my deliveries, I had to just wonder in excitement as to what this baby was going to be. Who would they look like? What personality would they have? What plans did the Lord have for each one of them? Now, this lifelong journey was just beginning. The days became long and hard. My inadequacies were becoming increasingly evident. My frustrations were more frequent. During those times, I had to be reminded often that the Lord has a plan for this child. I realized that in order to cooperate with this plan, I had to do a lot of praying and seeking wisdom from him. The scriptures give us a lot of encouragement and guidance. The Lord's view of children are found in two Psalms. Psalm 127, verse 3. Children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Psalm 128.3, your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. Your children will be like olive shoots around your table. We are all blessed with being females. The high privilege of bearing children. We were created with breasts to nurse our bodies to have capacity to hold a child and to love them in a motherly way that only they can feel from a natural motherly instinct. But be careful not to replace your husband with your children. We were wives first, then we became husbands. Uh, Then we became (laughs) mothers. We were wives first, then we became mothers. Okay, so good. Now y'all laughing. I'm going to tell you another funny story because we're going to go on to a second one. Okay, this is our son, Alan. He was in kindergarten, and I know some of y'all are school teachers, so y'all can relate to this. The teacher asked the students to prepare a booklet for open house, and I know you teachers do this just to get a laugh because if you have kindergartners and you ask them to describe their parents, you are going to get the most laugh. So that was the lesson. The teachers gave each of the, children, each of the students um, a couple of blank pages and some crayons and asked the children to describe their, parent, their mother and their father, to draw a picture and describe their father and then draw a picture and describe their mother. So this is what our kindergartner, five years old Alan, did. When he drew his picture of his dad, the description read... My, ha- my dad has hair all over his body, but none on top. <laughs> and my mom has big eyes and big hands. So I don't know what that was about. <laughs> I don't have big eyes at all, and I don't have big hands. But in his mind, I had big eyes and big hands. <laughs> okay. So let me go to the second section. Okay. Um, The purpose in mothering. This is um, another section I want to talk about. God's purpose in mothering. 
We all know that the Lord always leads us to places where his grace is all sufficient. Only God can put life within us. Only God can cause it to grow. Only God can provide us with everything we need to accomplish his plan. The Lord's plan for each child begins within our womb. Jeremiah 1.5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. We have to remember our children are a gift from him. The Lord allows us to cooperate with him in his kingdom. God has a plan, which is his responsibility, but we also have a responsibility also. He uses our body along with our husbands to come together with great pleasure in conceiving this baby. Certainly, we didn't mind cooperating with that plan, right? <laughs> um, his plan also involved the next nine months of pregnancy. We had no choice but to cooperate with that plan. Then the real challenge of being parents is part of his plan, too. He chose us to be this child's mother and for this child to call us mom for the rest of their life. Praise be to God, he doesn't leave us alone in this most important endeavor. Our role is so valuable in his plan. Of all the people on this earth, each one of us has only one mother. Now, I want to be sensitive to those of you that are adopting parents, those that are fostering parents, and snowflake parents. And if you don't know what snowflake parents is, come talk to me afterwards. I have two snowflake grandchildren. All I am saying applies to you just as your biological children. All cases of parenting are part of our Lord's great plan for his kingdom. So in fulfilling this most important vocation, the Lord is with us, guiding us, filling us with his character, and lighting our path with his word. His purpose in mothering is for our sanctification and for building his kingdom. God's plan to give us children when we were still young and immature we lacked character is for the purpose of leaning on him. We learn a lot about his faithfulness and his unconditional love during this season of your lives. When we feel the pressures of mothering, we can always go to the scriptures. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I know I never felt weary a burden before I became a mother. Life was easy. It was fun. It was, I, we were married six years before I became pregnant. Everything was great, happy-go-lucky. Then all of a sudden, I have these children, and I find myself yelling at them and having to spank them. I never spanked or hit a person in my life, and I'm hitting this little three-year-old. So your life changes at that moment. Um, and then Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says, Because of his great love, we are not consumed. His mercies are new every morning. Every morning we wake up, we have a new, fresh day, a fresh day with our kids. We get to start over 
all over again. I failed many times while mothering our four little ones. I needed his mercy every day. So many times I felt like I've marred them for life. They will always remember that harsh word or that slap that I just had to give right there at the moment, that they are going to remember that for the rest of their life. But, you know, God's love is so much better than that. The truth is children are good forgivers. We cannot mother our children apart from the grace of God. His unearned merited favor gives us the power to continue in this most high calling. We must receive his grace before we can give it to our children. We must receive his mercy before we can give it to our children when they stumble. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I had to rely on that scripture often because there's so many alls in that. It includes everything, everything. We can abound in every good work because he has supplied us with his grace. He's able to have his grace abound to us. Okay, so I'm going to tell you another funny story about Michelle. <laughs> Let me find my funny stories. Ah, where are they? I got myself all mixed up. Oh, here it is. Okay, Michelle. This is my daughter, Michelle. You want to wave? <laughs> That's our second daughter. So we have Janine, and then we have Alan. And then we have Michelle. Okay. When our children were, well, she was about five years old at the time, I guess. Cute little freckle-faced girl. I used to crimp her hair. Some of y'all remember those little crimps? <laughs> and her hair would be, you know, so cute, little freckles. So when our children were little, we went camping a lot. We would pack up all four of the children, the tent, the sleeping bags, the stove, the portable potty. I mean, we brought all food and everything. We'd go out in the woods and sleep in a tent, cook over open flames, and live in the park for a couple of days. Soon after that, while we were in church on Sunday morning, we were singing in a worship song. Now, some of you girls may not know this, but the older one, the older moms, y'all know this song. The uh, song is, um, The Lord Reigneth. Do y'all know that song? The Lord reigneth, the Lord reigneth. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord our God, omnipotent, reigneth in majesty. That's the song. So there's Michelle. Y'all know some of that? Y'all remember that song? <laughs> so here's Michelle. She's a cute little thing with the freckles, and she's chewing her gum, and she's clapping and singing to the, her loudest voice. And she's saying, the Lord reigneth, the Lord reigneth. Blessed be the name of the Lord, the Lord our God, sleeping in the tent. Reigneth. <laughs> she had no diff. She didn't know that that wasn't the words. She, she must have sang it every single time she sang a song. Sang that song, she sang, the Lord sleeping in the tent. So that was funny. Okay. 
So now we're going to go to the value of mothering. The Lord has entrusted this tiny baby to our care. This helpless babe is totally being dependent on me for the nourishment, for the protection, for tender love, and to clean up their diapers. They are totally incapable of doing anything for themselves. We are their sole provider for the beginning of their lives. As they sleep in their beds, we realize how valuable mothering is for this particular child. God has created each child unique for you and you for this child. They have special interests, gifts, and personalities. And, you know, this stretches us because some of my children are very musical. My husband is musical, and, and they are, and I had to foster along them in music, and I can't sing a lick. I don't know anything about music. But the Lord gave me the ability to be able to point them in the right directions. So some of the, your children's interests and talents is totally going to be opposite of what you normally have as your gifts and talents. But with the help of the Holy Spirit, we were able to fan those low flames in our little children. Our job is to seek his plan and cooperate with it and raise this child to grow and mature in the person the Lord planned for them to be. This task is so overwhelming, but at the same time, it's very sobering. We have the enormous responsibility not only to teach them about who God is, but also to live the gospel before them. We are to plant the seeds and water them. This is our responsibility. But only the Holy Spirit can cause the seeds to grow. Psalm 127, 1 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. The Lord is building his kingdom. If he is not a part of your household, you are just laboring in vain. And just as important, we have the security to know that our Lord is watching over us. He is providing protection from the enemy. This is a promise we can all have hope in. Proverbs 14.1 says, The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. Let's look at some ways we can emulate a wise woman and how she builds her house. I just have three examples. There's many more. Um, the first one is to teach your children to experience joy. Joy begins with obedience to God. Teach them that obedience pleases God and you as their parent. Create situations to laugh. Be funny in front of your children. Tell stories that are funny, especially of what you did as a child. Try to remember to tell your husband something funny that happened during the day and laugh with him. Laugh at yourself, and you will find that laughing is very contagious. But on the other hand, sometimes the daily burdens we have can steal our joy, but we have a choice. 
If you are struggling with being joyful and it's difficult for you to pass joy onto your children, ask the Lord why are you not experiencing joy? And I urge you to do something about it. Get alone with the Lord. Um, go to a coffee shop. Um, read books on mothering to regain your focus, your perspective. Be refreshed. You'll do everybody a wonderful favor. Mom ain't happy. Nobody's happy. I've lived that. <laughs> we can either resent the demands that accompany mothering and allow selfishness to creep in, or we can receive his grace and his help to cheerfully lay down our lives for our children. Proverbs 15, 30 says, a cheerful look brings joy to the heart. This look can be from you to your child. You look at them. I was just looking at Mackenzie the other day, and she doesn't even know me, and I just looked at her, gave her a smile. She smiled back. She's, what, five months old? <laughs> Seven months old. Um, this look can either be from your child to you. When your child looks at you, be sure you're smiling back at them. Mothering is a joy, a high calling. It's not a duty. Remember, we are his forever, and he will never leave us or forsake us. We're not doing this alone. The second thing I'm talking about besides joy is discipline. Now, discipline accomplishes many things. I'm just going to talk on two. Discipline accomplishes a loving, lasting relationship with your children. And it's also training them to be servants of God. Both are necessary in your child's life. If, oh, excuse me, those cucumbers. <laughs> if you, <laughs> sorry, if you are too angry to express love while disciplining, wait till you cool off because definite, but definitely deal with the problem. While disciplining your child, make sure they're looking at you face to face. It's hard to discipline when you're saying, don't go in that closet. Well, they don't know who you're talking to. So, you know, discipline them when they're looking at you face to face and they're paying attention to what you're saying. Don't use too many words and explanations. Just get right to the point. You are not reasoning with them. You are disciplining them and teaching them and training them. Tell them this behavior is not acceptable before God. When you disobey, disobey mommy and daddy, you are disobeying God. Tell them how much you love them and God loves them more. Give them a hug and remember to put confidence and motivation in them so that they will do better next time. Tell them, I know you're going to do better next time. Put motivation and confidence back into them. Also, try not to put too many rules for them to follow and say yes a lot more than you say no. Save your no's for the more important things, like not letting your 10 and 11-year-old go to the mall. <laughs> when should you discipline and when not to discipline? This is always the question we are up against. The answer is for their training 
and for their betterment, not for your convenience. Don't discipline when you are wanting something you can't have right now. Our own selfishness plays a big part in disciplining. We want what we want right now, and no one is going to stop me from doing this or that. I have done this countless times with my children were little. We are self-centered people. This sounds good on paper, and you will not always do it this way, but having guidelines and goals before you will help you discipline in this way. Your goal is for your children to bear fruit, for you to set examples before them to follow. When we fail in front of them and they see our anger and our impatience, this is an opportunity for us to train them to be humble, to admit their failures, and ask for forgiveness. We are sinners just like they are. Discipline is training. So we must act and say the gospel so they can see it in action. Go to them. Tell them we sinned. Ask for forgiveness and receive their mercy and then give them hugs. Children are very resilient, very forgiving, and will not remember your offense against them. When we do this, we are restoring our loving relationship with them. We must impart truth to them. We must point out sin and require obedience, but only the Holy Spirit can give conviction of sin. 1 Corinthians 3, 7 says, So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. So we are to plant seeds and water them, and uh, the Lord allows the Holy Spirit's conviction to grow. This is a freeing truth for me to follow. This truth releases me of striving to see fruit. We want to see fruit right away. We keep telling them, don't do this, don't do this, don't, and they still keep doing it. We want to see fruit, but unless the Holy Spirit's conviction upon them comes, we are, we are to just set examples, and, and we cannot bring the conviction of the Lord. Enjoy the help of the Holy Spirit. Bedtime is a time of renewal. We gain fresh perspective when we put our little ones to bed at night. We hug them. We kiss them. We pray with them. We tell them how thankful we are that God has given them to us. I know in our home with Michelle and Janine, we prayed for so many, so many people. We saw this man one time in McDonald's, and he was so needy and so help, help, helpless that for months, I don't know how long, how long? Years. We prayed for the man in McDonald's. We don't even know who he was, but we prayed for this man in McDonald's. But it was such a sweet time. It was bedtime to me. It was just such a sweet time. Um, and it's also a sweet time for us moms to regain our strength. We get, um, we need the, the needed rest we need for another day. Second Corinthians 12, 10 says, this is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and in difficulties 
for when I am weak, then I am strong. We can wake up the next day strong in the strength of the Lord, renewed with new freshness. We have mercies beginning with us. Every day is a new day. Okay. The third thing I'm going to talk about in um, the value of mothering is um, three. Create an atmosphere in your home that promotes security. This will begin with you and your husband. Show affection towards one another often. Tell your children how much you love and respect their dad. If you have boys, point out the good and honorable ways their dad serves the Lord and serves his family. Remember, you are raising up future men so they can start to appreciate these things. Let them know how much you appreciate your dad and let them know, first and foremost, dad is number one. If you are raising little girls, let them see you submitting to your husband's leadership, that you value his decisions. You were a wife before you became a mother. This is the Lord's order for marriage. Your husband comes first before, before the children. Try not to speak to your children as if he was one of, I'm sorry. Try not to speak to your husband as if he was one of your children. I struggled with this. I would talk to my husband like I was talking to my little three-year-olds. And he's like, no. <laughs> so remember, he is a grown man. You don't need to tell him to close the potty when you finish. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Create an atmosphere that promotes lasting and memories and traditions. Do things with your family that is unique to your family so that your children will remember them for a long time. If you have to let housework go in order to meet the needs of your family, don't feel guilty. If you have an opportunity to make a lasting memory with your family, this is far more important than cleaning the house. You are building a family, a household filled with love and last laughter. These are the things that will last. Your children won't remember if there were dirty dishes in the sink, but they certainly will remember that afternoon we went to the park and had a picnic. They'll remember that. Enjoy your children right now at whatever age they are. Be diligent to train them early so you can enjoy them later. Us mentor moms know the truth to that. Be... Um, Try to make every effort to keep the family intact. Whatever that means in your household, try every effort to keep the family intact. If it's eating dinner, meals together, if it's whatever it entails, going places together, let the children appreciate the family, the family unit. Okay, before I go to the next section, I have to read David's story. Okay, this is our son, David. Some of you know him. He is, um, how old is David right now? 30, 31, something like that. Okay, when he was three years old, David surprised me by getting dressed all by himself. He walked into the, my, the, to the den and he said, look, mom, I did this all by myself. And I said, David, you look great. But just one thing, your shoes are on the wrong feet. 
And he looked down and he said, these are the only feet I have. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, so the last thing I'm going to talk about is the rewards. God's rewards for mothering. I know I failed many times in mothering our children, but I have to admit, I have never stopped loving them. Love was always my motivation in raising them. 1 Corinthians 13.8 says, love never fails. 1 Peter 4.8 says, above all, love each other deeply because love covers over a multitude of sins. I know most of you are in the midst of laying down your life for your children. This is a very honorable and God-fearing task. But this season will soon end before you know it. The nights with no sleep, the days of potty training, feeding messy children, feeling alone and in self-pity, always behind in housework, This season's not going to last long. It's only a snap of the finger, and it's over. Treasure these days when you can cradle your baby. I see some of you just cradling your baby. Oh, it's so precious. Treasure those days when you're doing that, when you can rock them, when you can carry them in your arms, when you show them the wonders of life trying to make out what they're trying to tell you when they only babble and you don't know what they're saying. How many times we put countless Band-Aids on their bobos because we all know that Band-Aids makes everything feel better. It's going to all end soon before you know it, much sooner than you think. We had the privilege to go on vacation with our daughter, Michelle, Shane, and our two grandchildren. One's three and one's year and a half. And just in one and a half years, the difference between these two was amazing. The three-year-old was pretty self-sufficient. The one-and-a-half-year-old was not in the least bit. <laughs> so, but, it, but the point is, a year and a half, there was such a difference. So this season in your life is going to end very soon. Enjoy it while you can. I know um, while you're in it, you don't feel this way. Yes, those days are hard. Lots of dying to self, feelings of inadequacies, despair. But from our vantage point today, I would say it was so worth it all. Reaping the the rewards of your hard work is only the grace of God. The Lord's faithfulness to me has been the greatest lesson I have learned in mothering our children. The Lord has blessed us with these children. His perfect plan was to place these four unique children in our family for us to raise. And it's for each one of you. You have unique children the Lord designed especially for you and for your husband. We cared for them. We nurtured them to do the will of God today, to be his servants to expand his kingdom, that's the lasting reward. Training our children now for the future is God's plan for mothering. We must always remember our children belong to the Lord. They were his before they were born, and they will be his forever. 
God allows us to have them for just a short while to train them, to live the gospel before them, to love them and show them the enormous love of the Lord. I'm going to end with this scripture. 2 Corinthians 4, 18. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is seen, unseen, is eternal. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank, thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for these ladies that are here today. I pray that when they leave here, they would have, will have met with you, the living God. Please encourage them to find joy in this season of the most high calling of raising up your servants. Please help them to rely on the Holy Spirit for wisdom and for strength to complete this task. Amen.